All right, everybody, it is time for another episode of the Crypto 101 podcast. But before we dive in to our awesome, awesome guest and conversation today, I want to remind you guys of two things. And the first one is that if you go to Crypto101insider.com, you can join our private community. Here's where we have our model portfolio and all of our top picks. We also have uh, Crypto 101 University. Uh, where we have hours and hours and hours of written and video content that explains blockchain and explains cryptocurrency in a very bite-sized and easy-to-understand way. Uh, And we have a weekly newsletter that goes out and quarterly state of crypto addresses that go out. There is just a ton of value packed into this every which way. So I want you guys first uh, to go to Crypto101Insider.com today uh, if you haven't already. I also want to remind you guys that Pizza Mind and I recently just finished a book. Uh, It took 11 months of our lives to write, and we're calling it Crypto Revolution, Your Guide to the Future of Money. We walk you through this fascinating world of cryptocurrencies and blockchain, and it's part history book, it's part instructional guide, and it's going to really show you guys why cryptocurrencies are globally disruptive and how they're going to actually change in real life and in real terms the way that we buy and sell and even live. We include a bunch of how-tos on getting started with your first exchanges. Uh, We give you tips on how to safely buy and sell and store cryptocurrencies, as well as how do we evaluate potentially good cryptocurrencies. And the best part of the book is that we're giving it away for free. All you have to do is pay for shipping and handling. So go to CryptoRevolution.com and pick up your copy today. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Crypto 101 podcast, where I'm, all, as always, joined by my notorious compadre, Mr. Pizza Mind Malone. And today, we have a, a very interesting conversation lined up for you, uh, one that is going to center around everybody's favorite uh 11 letter word regulation how many how many letters are in regulation uh, <laughs> or what it, it, it's that's, a that's bad what's on word. the schedule today <laughs> it's a bad oh. word no it, it's a good word because you know regulation is necessary right for this crypto space and regulation is something that when um, the proper frameworks are devised um and understood right you know the in the the industry could really flourish and so Pete's, we're going to learn today about crypto regulation from a guy who's on the bleeding edge. Uh, and so we have with us today, Wesley Thysa. Um, Wesley, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So Pete, what, what, what's going through your mind? I know you're, you're generally quite a bit more paranoid than I am. I tend to think that uh, all this stuff is going to work itself out. There's no big boogeyman that's going to come and steal our our coins. And there's no, um, you know, regulatory body that's going to be able to shut crypto down and bring prices to zero. But you have a little bit of a different take. Well, I don't even really consider myself a paranoid person. I just read. And, you know, you're reading books on uh, like candlesticks and charts and finance and stuff. And I'm reading things about the legal end of things. And it really really scares me the picture that's being painted. Uh, One of the things that scared me the most happened to be uh, this new infrastructure bill 
that's coming out in the U.S. Congress and some of the things that are hidden inside of it, as well as FATF guidelines. And it just so happened that I saw this amazing Reddit thread um, that outlined all these things that are coming down the pipeline to try and regulate crypto. But it's not in a way that you know makes it fair and open for everyone or clarifies certain things. It is actually quite the opposite. And it just turned out that the author of that Reddit thread uh, reached out to us to come on the show at the exact same time. I was trying to find out who this guy is to bring him on the show. And Wesley is now here with us. So Wesley, welcome to the Crypto 101 podcast. And thank you so much for spending some time with us tonight. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. What, what Interesting the, what you come up with. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because, we're, we're, uh, yeah, it is indeed invasive, a lot of these regulations. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, we're going to yeah. dive into uh, some legal stuff. Although, you know, me and Pizza Mind, we're not lawyers. We're never, ever going to furnish anybody with legal advice. Nothing that you hear on this show is legal advice or professional advice or financial advice. It's all educational in nature. Um, but let's come to the table with an open mind and let's learn. But first, Wesley, give us a little update on who you are and why you have the authority to speak on such matters. Uh, okay, so uh, yeah, in my profession, I advise on um, international tax legislation. And uh, yeah, the way that that was uh, devised, I, it's a specific type of the tax uh, law. It's called the transfer pricing regulation. It's called and, what? And uh, that was transfer pricing. Transfer so that price is to, regulation. Yeah, so that is to prevent um, yeah, multinational companies to uh, shift their profits uh, offshore. And uh, that type of regulation was uh, rolled out uh, around 2016, 2015, that was a big push by international regulators. And um, yeah, I figured that uh, that would be implemented in Asia. So I started a business with a, with a partner of mine. And uh, yeah, that whole process uh, of international regulator, regulators coming up with uh, uh, regulation has now been, uh, yeah, I've thought now that's going to happen in crypto as well. So it's just a repeat of what I saw before. So that's that's how I got to uh, writing about this. Uh, yeah, on the side, I have been uh, in crypto, at least uh, going to meetups and being interested uh, since uh, 2013 or 14. And uh, yeah, I've been specifically researching uh, legal projects in uh, since uh, 2017 uh, with a big ICO uh, uh, happening, you know, all these uh, projects had uh, wonderful ideas of how they're going to change the world. And uh, yeah, I started reading white papers and a lot of that was just uh, yeah, very, uh, very basic and not really considering the reality. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's how I sort of got into the crypto legal stuff. And uh, yeah, now when I saw this coming down the line, especially the FODF regulations, I think we'll talk about it uh, next, but that was really, uh, yeah, opened my eyes to what is coming for crypto. Yeah. So let's start right there. First of all, yeah. who is FATF? F-A-T-F. What is this government body and why does anyone care what they have to say? Yeah, so the Financial Action Tax, uh, Task Force, so it's uh, short FATF, uh, is an international regulator established by a meeting of the G7. And uh, it's it, it creates uh, laws governing uh, money laundering and uh, terrorist financing. And uh, around 2017, 18, uh, yeah, international governments started to get a bit, a bit of a scare of the proposed coin of um, 
uh, Facebook, the Libra coin, because that would supposed to be a stable coin with a very large reach. And that, uh, yeah, that, uh, yeah, that scared, scared them a, a little bit. And then they, uh, the, the, they went to a G20 meeting where they discussed this topic. And then they, um, yeah, they assigned the FATF to come up with regulations to tackle this on a level that is above national governments. So this, these are international regulations. Wow. And so uh, obviously crypto as a, a global, you know, generally supposed to be permissionless, censorship free technology. Uh, is that just an ideal or uh, is that sort of ideal crumbling before our very eyes, according to you, Wesley? Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a very good question. Uh, definitely the regulators uh, yeah, have taken uh, a serious look at this and uh, they are a bit worried about the peer-to-peer -peer nature and um, the opportunities this gives for money to be shifted uh, across borders without anybody knowing, at least from the regulator's point of view. And uh, yeah, in their mind, that, that sort of makes their, their whole job uh, very difficult. Um, yeah, so what, what they're, if you want to look at it, the, the sort of the gist of it, what they're trying to do is to uh, move uh, crypto to regulated entities of which, uh, yeah, the transactions can be monitored and, um, yeah, the people who transact are known to, uh, to the regulators, to the KYC process. And they, obviously the KYC process is already um, uh, active in most exchanges, right, most, in most on-ramps. But uh, yeah, it seems to be that the international regulators want to, uh, the next step to discourage to discourage peer-to-peer um, uh, -peer transactions. So just to have it all done on exchanges. Interesting. And so um, do you think one of the, the logical outcomes of this is that in order to actually enforce such rules that they would have to, you know, in, in order for somebody to withdraw money off of Coinbase or Gemini yeah. or Kraken, um, in order for them to withdraw it to a, uh, you know, a personal wallet, that wallet needs to somehow be KYC'd or tagged to your identity. Is that kind of what you see as the, the, the future? Well, uh, we can go with what the FATF wrote in their guidance. They issued a... Uh issued a very comprehensive uh, uh, framework for future guidance and um, yeah it was uh, yeah they call it unhosted wallets let's put it that way um, and they do think that uh, yeah unhosted, unhosted wallet cause a risk to uh, yeah to their uh, uh, oversight so to uh, yeah uh, stability so, of the financial system yeah. so there, there's a couple there's a couple like regulatory bodies that i guess that are at work here so there's the fatif and that's like not necessarily like elected officials those are just like appointed kind of bureaucrats yeah. from the g7 great love it uh, yeah. <laughs> love the, those appointed bureaucrats um so the so they're just pushing through laws and they're just you know hoping that you know the, the fbi and the, or whatever all these different regulatory bodies are going to you know kind of enforce that because the fatif themselves do they have the uh the police essentially are they yeah. uh, figures that you know they're going to come around like that yeah it's a good question so the way uh our legal system is are set up is that uh, international uh, bodies don't have direct uh Power, or let's say they don't legislate directly uh, in our lives, but so they they create what is called soft laws. But what then needs to happen is uh, 
yeah, then those laws need to be implemented by the countries that are part of the FATF or uh, OECD. Okay. Or, or at least, uh, you know, they, indirectly. And then, uh, yeah, once they, these uh, laws are passed in the, in the national legislation, uh, then they are becoming. Uh, and, and so now law. I guess the, the question is, is like to get these sorts of laws approved, you know, in the States or in Germany or in Bali or whatever country anybody's from, right? They all kind of need to go through Congress, right? And so there's, they're, they're being voted. Yeah, yeah. So are these FATF rules what is in the, the, this infrastructure bill that's being looked at uh, on, on uh, this week, the week of, uh, you know, September 28th? Uh, not not necessarily, but they are in an, another proposed bill that we I, I guess we can discuss that later. Um, but yeah, one of the things that uh, yeah that you uh, have to see because these are such broad laws uh, created by FATF that they don't necessarily match 100% with um, uh, yeah national legislation, right? Especially in the US, you have a very well established body of law. The, the, regulating all sorts of things like securities and uh, banking and things like that. So they cannot just change them with whatever uh, comes up with. So they change them in such a way that, that it kind of matches the, uh, the guidelines. Uh, at least that's from what I've seen. Uh, yeah, it, it was quite a big, uh, uh, yeah, I, I recognized it when I first read FATF guidance and then started reading the, what, what is happening in the US. I started to to recognize uh, the terms and uh, there, there's slight variation, but it's definitely being inspired by it. Yeah, and the same is being uh, being done in uh, in Europe. So the EU EU has a uh, proposed new legislation. I haven't come through it, but they mentioned the word FATF uh, 49 times. So but they obviously are have <laughs> looked at it. <laughs> yeah, they're they're obviously privy, I suppose, right? Yeah. Um, so 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 this infrastructure bill. Um, give us like your your hot take on on what people really need to know about this infrastructure bill in regards to crypto regulation here in the states um yeah so this infrastructure bill was was mainly uh, a a bill to fund federal highways and the highway safety programs but uh, yeah it, it started to be uh, a lot of other things started to be included amongst uh, them some provisions on crypto and the idea behind it was that uh, taxation on crypto would pay for part uh, of this uh, these expenses, and uh, yeah, I think the main because there has been uh, quite a lot of commotion about it, right? And um, yeah, that was main, mainly because uh, yeah, there was new, uh, a new de definition of broker introduced that would uh, yeah everybody who uh, transfers so uh, effectuates uh, transfers of digital assets needs to be reporting to the IRS. So that was a big uh, yeah, scare for a lot of people, especially because also the, the definition of broker was so wide that it in theory could include uh, miners uh, and, and people who provide the infrastructure because in a way they effectuate the transfer, right? Um, yeah, it's, it's a bit difficult to, uh, to say how that will uh, turn out because there have been some amendments and uh, they, these have so far been uh, ignored to my understanding. Um, yeah, so, but yeah, in general, if you look at at least at FATF regulations and things I've seen before, also guidance of, uh, of officials, they do not consider mining and, um, and uh, software development and these things as, uh, as brokers. Uh, it, it's also, uh, if you look at the technology, for example, of Bitcoin, uh, it's impossible to force the miners to, uh, 
yeah, to do KYC, for example, because that's yeah, that's just not how Bitcoin works, right? It's totally impossible. Uh, uh, so I don't think that could be enforced, and I don't think that's a big problem. There is actually something um, that did get my attention this week, which is actually quite uh, serious. Uh, I was emailed by a gentleman named Abraham Sutherland, and he is from the University of Virginia, Virginia Law School. And uh, yeah, he, he commented on something that uh, the general public overlooked, and I overlooked as well. And that is that, um, yeah, the treatment of cash uh, for crypto transactions. So if you get a, uh, according to that amendment uh, to, uh, to the section of the tax code, um, yeah, it's, it says that any person who receives over $10,000 in digital assets must verify the sender's personal information and including social security number uh, and sign and submit, uh, submit a report to the government. And uh, yeah, you can check that out. It's IRS form 8300. Uh, 8, and that's, uh, yeah, according to that section, uh, yeah, that's going to apply to crypto uh, assets. So that's that could be a yeah a significant uh, hurdle as well. Um, yeah. I think it'd be great if the U.S. regulators could all get on the same page and at least use the same definitions, use the same tax framework at least, so we at least understand what a digital asset is: is it property, is it a commodity, is it security, all that kinds of stuff. But it seems like still no one's really getting on the same page, which is continuing to be very frustrating. But yeah. then you've got these FATF guys complicating things even worse. And what happens to countries that just ignore FATF that say, okay, well, these are guidelines. Thanks, but no thanks. We're going to do our own thing. Do, what's yeah, the consequences of uh, going against the little G7 club? Uh, yeah. So, so these, these, gui uh, these guidance is, is, uh, supported by G20, so that's already a, a bigger club, right? So it contains most most powerful countries in the in the world. And they have the FATF organizations, yeah, they do have uh, a bit of a way to deal with uh, countries that are not, not in line, and that's by putting them on gray and black list. So if you are uh, put on a uh, list called non-cooperative uh, jurisdictions, and uh, yeah, if you're on a gray or blacklist, well, blacklist means you're uh, pretty much cut out from the uh, financial system. And uh, so that's Iran and, uh, sorry, Iran and um, North Korea, they're currently uh, on that list. So that means that uh, anybody who, uh, yeah, who transacts with those countries, or I mean, I've even had once a client who, who was born in Iran, but lived her entire life in uh, Belgium. And uh, yeah, she couldn't open a bank account because of her place of birth. Uh, was under passport, the Belgian passport. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah. And, and so the, the second step is that's sort of how they keep countries in line is the gray list. So if a country, uh, yeah, doesn't necessarily, uh, yeah, implement uh, these standards to, uh, to the right degree, at least according to these regulators, then they are put on the, on the gray list and a lot of yeah, special regula regulated entity entities, they, uh, yeah, they then become, uh, it becomes to wire money to these countries and uh, things like that. So yeah, that, that this thing, it's not, uh, it has teeth, you know, it's not just someone, some people in, uh, in office coming up with things. It's the, so let me get this straight. Yeah. They're basically drawing a line in the sand between the crypto system as we know it and through the traditional finance system and saying you're either going to play by the rules or you're being cut out. All this DeFi stuff, all this privacy stuff, that doesn't mean jack to us. 
You need to be completely transparent with companies that hold all the private keys so we can freeze your money at any time. Am I interpreting that right? Uh, yeah, that's kind of where it looks at. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, that's uh, I mean, it's not, it, it, it is, as, it is a um, sort of like a, uh, we're, we're sort of like halfway, right? So it's a little bit difficult to say where it's exactly going to be. Uh, there's of course, uh, yeah, what we can see in FATF, uh, that, that, that guideline, uh, guidance, that's definitely, uh, yeah, sort of this, this idea of what you just, uh, just yeah. mentioned that summary. What uh, but if you look at U.S. laws, for example, if you if you uh, regulate something as a commodity, yeah, it's not just that, not just bad. You know, it also means that you are protected. Uh, you know, in, in the way you uh, you trade your your commodities. I mean, for the same reason that that you cannot ban uh, the trade of cattle or things like that, uh, you would also it would also be difficult to. Uh, yeah, ban the trade of Bitcoin, you know, because then it's a, it's a legal commodity to trade. Um, so, so it's it's sort of like an indirect way of regulating true, uh, uh, yeah, financial intermediaries, and then discourage the, the use outside of uh, these financial intermediaries. And uh, yeah, obviously because of the nature of cryptocurrencies, it remains to see, be seen how that that plays out. Um, yeah, it's yeah. definitely gonna. In, in my mind, it feels like it's going to be just a mixture. You know, there's going to be protocols like, for instance, Ave uh, has their ARC program, which is, you know, um, institutions that are able to use the Ave DeFi platform. Uh, but these institutions all come together and they kind of KYC themselves and they, you know, people, you know, know the counterparties. And so th there's that end. And there's also going to be, um, you know, just general, you know, all sorts of oversight and, um one of the things that I'm trying to understand, though, is some of the similarities between, uh, you know, how the Internet evolved and how the Internet was regulated um, and how, you know, encryption, uh, you know, in, in certain, you know, um, you know, softwares that we, you know, as Americans would export back in the 2000s. I know there was like the encryption wars. And do you have any insight on, on, on any similarities between that period and, and this current era? Um, yeah, that is an interesting. I, I read a, a paper on that uh, on that section, and it was, yeah, there, there, in in essence, there is no, there are no real standards for the internet, right? Uh, at least from a regulatory point of view, uh, in the, as compared to this. Um, so yeah, the, the, the thing is, I I think they just uh, see this as a as a way of people trying to circumvent uh, yeah, existing regulations by just playing a uh, financial service provider, let's put it that way, uh, and then doing it by crypto, you know? And um, yeah, so, so I, I have, it's definitely a different kind of activity where the internet is, is really just a, a technology. Uh, yeah, crypto do, does a little bit more, you know? Yeah, I, the one thing I'll say here on, on that point is just like, I think crypto isn't just it's it's inherently technology, right? And, and bad people do bad things with a technology that's neutral, right? Like people are going to use the internet to do bad things. People are going to use guns to do bad things. Well, people are also going to use internet to do good things and guns to do good things and Bitcoin to do good things. And so it's like bad people do bad things. Good people generally do good things. Mm -hmm. And so it, it, it regulation, um, you know, if it comes down at the wrong angle from you know, people that are in charge that have no idea about this technology and don't know the soft points of it and uh, points to leverage and stuff, then you're, you're going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. 
Um, and if, if we kind of look at like what China's doing, right? Like China has banned Google, they've banned Facebook, they've banned Bitcoin, pre, you know, they've banned Twitter, they've banned pretty much anything that is uh, threatening to the status quo and, um, you know, able to like kind of, you know, again, circumvent their power. So it's like, we're no better than China if we completely try and, you know, throw crypto out of the door because ah, we're scared and we can't control it. I think it's like, um, and that's not really what's happening. You know, there are some senators that are speaking out and saying, hey, if we go down this path, this path is no different than China. Um, and that's, you know, yeah. I, I support those senators. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and yeah, to my uh, understanding, like the U.S. definitely has a uh, yeah, legal process and, uh, and uh, a culture to yeah, to really discuss this kind of things, right? Uh, there are some international regulations that uh, the U.S. Uh, doesn't uh, abide by, and because they have such political clout, they can do so. So, yeah, if there could come to be variations, it's going to come from a country like the U.S. Um, but in the EU, they are going to uh, accept this to the dot. I'm pretty sure about it because that, that's what they have always been doing, and I don't know uh, why uh, why they would stop now. And uh, yeah, unless the Unlike the U.S., we don't have any uh, congressmen we can call. It's just a very different process in the, in the EU. So, yeah. I see. So as the guidelines and the draft bills are written today, let's say it all passes. How does that change the way the average person handles crypto? Are we still allowed to buy and sell and trade and stake and lend? Or do certain things go away and we're, maybe we're only able to use Coinbase? What 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 would uh, the future look like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. Uh, yeah, they could be uh, a beneficiary of this uh, in the end. I mean, uh, yeah, that's how how it unfortunately works. Um, yeah, so it's a little bit difficult to see how it all plays out. Uh, I, I definitely think that there's going to be projects uh, that are going to uh, are th those the ones are specifically targeted, right? So uh, yeah, one of the thing there's well there's a couple of things that are uh, specifically. Uh, looked at as bad by regulators, which also has been uh, proposed in the, in the latest bill, and that's uh, um, the privacy coins and mixers. So those are your tools to uh, obfuscate. Uh, yeah, who's be yeah, just the, the, the let's put it the, uh, the transactions on the ledger, right? Uh, and in theory, in theory, if you get a Bitcoin transaction and you know uh, they know half of it, they know the other half of it, right? Um, but yeah, with Monero, that's different. So, um, yeah, so those are the ones that are, are likely going to face a bit of headwind. The other one is um, uh, stable coins. Stable coins are really considered a uh, big risk by the financial regulators. So I would say that uh, those, uh, the use of that is going to be uh, problematic at one point. I want to talk for a minute about things that have fundamentally changed the way we live. These are the disruptors. Things like smartphones, okay, streaming devices, um, you know, whiter than white paint that actually cools down buildings, uh, things even like cryptocurrency and, and Bitcoin and, and smart contract platforms that are going to, you know, house the applications of the future. But uh, another one that I heard of recently is a company called Ladder. Okay. And Ladder basically took the life insurance industry and flipped it upside down and it shook out all the inefficiencies. So before Ladder, if you wanted to get life insurance, you had to drive across town, sit through a sales pitch fill out a ton of paperwork, and then wait like six to eight weeks to find out if you've been approved. 
Uh, you'd also receive like a zillion phone calls from agents trying to bundle your life insurance with things like car insurance and other insurance and all sorts of stuff. But now with Ladder, you can get fast, affordable term life insurance without leaving home. Okay. It's 100% digital when you apply for $3 million or less in coverage. No doctors, no needles, no paperwork. All right. So if you're between the ages of 20 and 60, and you need coverage, and you want to team up with a company that's redeeming life insurance, choose Ladder. So go to ladderlife.com slash crypto 101 today to see if you're instantly approved. So that's L-A-D-D-E-R life.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details slash crypto 101 ladderlife.com slash crypto 101 today many small business owners are busier than ever i mean time spent searching for and interviewing candidates can take time away from managing and growing a business and that's why linkedin jobs has made it easier to get the candidates worth interviewing faster and it's free in fact, I mean, here at Crypto 101, we used LinkedIn to hire our newest employee, Ryan. And funny enough, he actually, in turn, worked with the folks at LinkedIn to partner with us here on the podcast as a sponsor. So, so how about that? Uh, you can create a job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people. Uh, you can focus on candidates with the skills and experience you need uh, and you could use screening questions to get your role in front of only the most qualified people, and then just use the simple tools on LinkedIn Jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. So LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates worth interviewing faster. Did you know that every week, actually, uh, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash crypto. That's linkedin.com slash crypto to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Why are regulators scared about stable points? Um, yeah, they, this is just how that grow, I think, out of, out of that Libra phase, right? They saw from one moment to the next that there was this uh, stable coin that could be transacted outside of the financial system. And uh, yeah, for, for I think before that, I mean, Bitcoin was not taken that seriously as a uh, medium of exchange just be, because of yeah, the volatility, right? And um, yeah, but then Libra came or at least these stable coins started to, to become bigger and those are stable. And uh, yeah, and, they, and I, I, I've, I've known people who use them in, in, uh, in exchange with banks, you know? Um, so 
yeah, the, 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 the idea of just a, a type of dollar floating around outside of the banking system, unregulated, yeah, I mean, if you're a regulator, that is scary. So yes, Tether and USDC are backed by commercial paper and all kinds of other things. Um, mm. You know, we think of it as backed dollar for dollar in a bank account. That part might not be always accurate, but there is something there. <laughs> and then you have uh, algorithmic stable coins like DAI, which is backed by reserves of Ethereum, and UST that's backed by reserves of Luna. Um, and I don't know that those particular algorithmic stable coins can be shut down because they're decentralized. Well, you, yeah, that's a, that's a very good observation in general, right? A lot of these, uh, yeah, if you want to have regulations, you need someone to enforce them upon. And if technologies are decentralized, they're becoming uh, yeah, difficult to target, I guess. But uh, if, if you read uh, the proposed legislation, which in the digital asset bill, um, yeah, then it says that, uh, yeah, they, they ban uh, the, the, the use, unauthorized use uh, of uh, fiat-based stable coins that is going to be, uh, yeah, discouraged or banned in a in sense. So, um, yeah, so, so then, okay, it doesn't really matter what, uh, how, how the stable coin is, is, uh, is created. If it's being used by a person in the US, then that could uh, fall under that, that definition and that needs to be authorized by the treasury. Yeah, you have to also understand a lot of these, uh, yeah, these regulations are techn technologically neutral. So they don't mind necessarily how they do it, but what they do. And um, yeah, and then what you could happen is that any kind of US uh, exchange, uh, yeah, if, that, if a law like that passes, then uh, any kind of exchange in the US, they will not allow uh, uh, stable coins to be traded and, uh, and definitely not uh, sent to a private wallet. Interesting. So, so assuming this infrastructure bill, because all this stuff that we're talking about in regards to the infrastructure bills, you know, kind of being voted on this week, uh, the week of September 28th. Yes, so this is, so let, me, let me make a uh, correction. So there's two bills being introduced, right? So the infrastructure bill, uh, contains the IRS reporting, uh, so that would be the broker definition, right? That we discussed, and uh, yeah, the cash uh, cash reporting transaction. But there is another bill being introduced uh, that has been introduced in the House, and that is called the Digital Asset Market Structure and Investor Protection Act. Okay. Um, so that has been introduced, uh, yeah, in July, and uh, it's that's that has been a bit under the radar yet nobody has really looked at it and that's what uh, yeah what i set out to do and that's where i recognize a lot of these FATF regulations now being uh, introduced in u.s law so there are two bills the one that are currently uh, yeah the one currently being discussed the infrastructure bill uh, does not contain anything on stable coins or privacy coins or uh, private wallets anything of that yeah and then when is the digital asset market structure and investor protection act bill uh going to be voted on or when could that potentially again because when, when this could potentially come into effect yeah that's a very good question uh, and that i've struggled with that as well um i i mostly researched it because it's an official uh, bill and it has been introduced but i have received a lot of feedback of people who are more familiar with the legal process or at least uh, the legislative process in the u.s and they have told me that this this bill it's it's going to face a lot of headwind as well because it's it doesn't have the wide support it doesn't have a, a report in the senate yet, um, but yeah it, it's 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 to me it's a very broad uh, bill that is definitely um, yeah it, uh, inspired also by international regulators to uh, 
to what the US already um, agreed to right to, through the G20 meeting. So uh, yeah, I, I find it hard to believe that this is just a trial by balloon. But yeah, if, if this is going to be uh, enforced in law, that, that is going to take a uh, significant uh, time because it has not been voted on and there, I don't think it's even been proposed. It's first needs to through a, go through a couple of committees. Um, but yeah, I think it's good to talk about it now because uh, yeah, at least then there, I, I guess that people could still have their say on it, right? It seems to be introduced a little bit uh, quietly and uh, yeah, but it definitely has a lot of invasive uh, clauses in it. So, yeah. so I'll be the one to play devil's advocate. What are yeah. the silver linings for more regulation? For you know, mm -hmm. saying okay, these this basket of crypto is in charge or is being regulated by the CFTC. These are all commodities, and this basket yeah. is now securities. You know, what mm -hmm. investor protections, quote unquote, get added that we don't already have? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Well, in terms oh, of security, I was hoping you'd know. Yeah. <laughs> now, in terms of securities, um, yeah, there are sort of two uh, two things that are uh, uh, are added, and it means that uh, yeah, so both the primary market and the secondary market are going to be regulated. And uh, in terms of the primary primary market, that just means that everybody who's going to issue a, a security, which is going to be a lot of ICOs. Um, they could, uh, uh, yeah, they will have to do, do provide more information. They have to provide transparency in terms of their accounting and uh, the ownership. Uh, so in that sense, yeah, a new ICO that's going to be regulated as a security in the U.S. would definitely have a lot of more, uh, yeah, transparency and, uh, yeah. So, so, so I guess in that sense, it could be uh, could be a better thing. Yeah, the, ne the next thing, and yeah, I, I would I would not. I probably would not think that you are considered that investor protection, but that means that uh, yeah, once something is a security, it needs to be tra uh, traded on a uh, regulated exchange. And so a lot of people are like, even people have asked me, they're like, wait, I didn't like, they don't even know what a security is. They're like, is a stock a security? Is cash a security? Is crypto a security? And it's like all these definitions. And so, you know, Coinbase right now, as it, as it is, like you know, in Kraken, for instance, or Gemini, uh, FTX US, Binance US, all of these, you know, fully, you know, they're, they're regulated exchanges. They, they're in America, they're operating out of the States and they trade, you know, assets that at once were ICOs-ish, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, yeah. Uniswap or Compound or MakerDAO or, right, all, all these different assets that, you know, they, they're, they're not registered securities, right? And Coinbase is operating not as a registered, you know, securities license um, in exchange. And so if this sort of, you know, if these laws are passed, does does each coin have to retrospectively go back and, you know, do a Howey test and, you know, register with the SEC or else get kicked off a of Coinbase or something like this? is This is insane. Yeah. So what uh, what this law says that uh, they're first going to focus on the biggest 25 uh, assets in terms of market capitalization. OK. Um, yeah. In this act. First of all, the Bitcoin and Ether and their hard forks are considered commodities. So, so they're excluded. Th that's a bigger, they're, they're excluded from this particular uh, yeah, uh, regulation. But anything else, um, so there's going to be a joint, uh, uh, yeah, joint guidelines issued by the CFTC and the C uh, SEC. So they're going to look at all these individual projects and then they're going to determine if these are securities or not. 
and uh, yeah, then they will issue the, those guidelines. And then uh, yeah, the, the ones who are who are uh, regulated as uh, securities are going to be regulated as securities. And yeah, if they're then not uh, yeah properly licensed, they they might just be uh, delisted. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the ones that are commodities, they they then become. Uh, yeah, on a different, and then on the commodities regulations only fo focusing on specific type of transactions, not on the koi itself. Wow. And uh, yeah, so it's it's going to be interesting also to see what happens with the Ripple case, because uh, yeah, that definitely uh, is going to establish also some more guidance as to what what yeah what the law will look at and what are what to be what are to be uh, commodities and what are to be uh, securities. Yeah, I, I would love, I mean, if you have any insight that you could share on that Ripple case, um, happy to hear it now, your opinion. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, everything I get is uh, from a guy named Jeremy Hogan. He's on YouTube. He's a very good commentator and he follows that case closely. But uh, yeah, I don't have any uh, particular insight. I expected Ripple just to get another slap on the wrist, just like EOS did. I don't see too much more happening to them um you know kraken just had to pay a million dollar fine for offering uh, a margin platform to u.s customers which to me is completely ridiculous that it's illegal um but i think we're going to see a lot fewer ways to make money in crypto if all these laws pass you know uh sec is going after coinbase for wanting to offer interest on stable coins I think we're going to see lending platforms continue to be attacked um, and being told not just we're going to fine you, but shut down these platforms because you're competing with banks and banks can't compete with the, the returns you're giving people. So the whole concept of a free market is really being challenged right now. And it's Absolutely. really, really difficult to, to say, okay, these regulators have our best interests in mind with investor protections when they're taking away the one escape hatch we had from poverty under the guise of, well, there's a couple bad actors around here that might steal your crypto. So we're going to, we, the U S government are going to come in and protect you. Yeah. I mean, all this guys, freedom. Yeah. You guys see Gary Gensler. I mean, you know, God bless him, but you know, this guy's worth, you know, $119 million and he has the nerve to, you know, read a propaganda ad about if you save $5 a week, by the time you're 60 or whatever, you'll you'll have $130,000 and you'll be set up. It's like, you gotta be kidding me. That's the sort of behavior you're gonna encourage in our youth. Like he, it was a propaganda ad to uh, to college kids. And he's saying, start saving while you're young. Okay, I'm a big proponent of saving and all that kind of stuff, but don't you know tell the college kids that by the time you're you know 60 and you're, you have $130,000, that life's gonna be cheeky. A, you're gonna lose out to inflation. Um, and B, yeah. why aren't you encouraging these kids to, to take risks and to build businesses and like instead of just being a cog in the wheel or to like invest, but like save five dollars like that to me, like, I don't know, that, that just bummed me out. It was like we need more from our leaders. And I really do think like by the time I have kids and, you know, you know, hopefully the world, the, the leadership just looks a little different because we just have people that are out of touch right now. They're just so out of touch with the youth. And I, I think by. I heard a stat like within the next five years um, or by 2030 or something, um, you know, millennials will be the greatest, you know, portion of the population. And to me, right, we, in, in, you know, the, the majority of people that are in Congress, like, sure, we, you know, we elected them and stuff, uh, but they're like, you know, 70, we, 80 years old. 
they have no idea what's going on with, with crypto and, or, yeah. or, or the internet or Netflix, let alone Facebook or anything. And so for them to try and slap on regulations from their ivory tower, I mean, obviously it, it, it irritates me, um, yeah. but whatever. So, I mean, I, I would love to see Andre Cronje go before Congress and be like, okay, let's go through your finance code line by line by line. And you tell me what's a security and you tell me what's illegal. You tell me which switches I need to change in order to be compliant with your 100,000 laws in this country. None of them could do it. Not yeah. one. And they're going to have to have an oversight committee made up of people in this industry. That's what it's going to have to come down to. Ryan because they're Selkis. not going to understand all the different upgrades and things going on. Ryan Selkis from Masari would be a fantastic choice. He's got my vote. He's got my vote. And mine as well. Uh, For Senate, for president, for whatever. Uh, The the guy is so authentic. And guys, if you haven't checked out Masari.io, it's a great website. They've got awesome data. It's, you know, they they got free to use stuff. They got paid to use stuff. But uh, the guy who founded it is this guy named Ryan Selkis. And he's just a, he's always posting things on Twitter. He's trying to rally the troops that are like, you know, shedding light on, on, you know, positive sort of crypto lobbying efforts. Um, and that is like kind of, you know, bipartisan, right? He, he's like starting to bring to my mind this idea of like single issue voting. Um, and like, you know, we're voting for financial freedom and financial sovereignty and for independence. We're not voting left or right. We're not voting, right. you know, socially liberal or socially conservative. We just want, you know, uh, you know, independence, I think. And, and so, even playing field. Even playing field. And we want even upward mobility. Field. The world wants upward freaking mobility. And crypto is such a vehicle for that. And, and you know, and so anyhow, so, so, you know, look him up, look up his, you know, company. Uh, Definitely. We'd love to have him on the show to talk about this stuff too. So if Absolutely. anybody knows him, send this to him uh, and let him know we want to come to the show. Definitely. Wesley, one more question regarding, you know, even playing field. Uh, the whole case of AMC and Robin Hood and Citadel, Ken Griffin, the CEO of Citadel, lied under oath about this. And now mm-hmm. Twitter's trying to bury the news. Uh, so as many other people. Have you heard anything about that case? And is there even a chance justice is going to be served or will it just be another, you know, billion dollar slap on the wrist for a company that prints billion dollar checks for breakfast? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't have any uh, insights to that. I did follow the, the, the case. I really enjoyed uh, the financial activism of that uh, of that subreddit. But uh, yeah, I don't know any specifics to that. Okay, figured I'd just check anyway. Um, one yeah. other thing that, was mentioned in your summary was a term called desecuritization, where if I understand correctly, it allows members of a decentralized network that's been deemed a security to make an appeal to the SEC to have that token no longer be considered a security. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, but that's that's included in that uh, in that bill, and uh, yeah, the way I see it, I mean, it it, it is uh, definitely interesting. But yeah, well, what it seems to be that at one point, when a, when a network is fully decentralized, and this is also yeah a bit of a question mark to me, how they really see this as regulators. Um, yeah, once once a network is f- fully decentralized, yeah, who are they going to uh, regulate? You know, who is going to file the you know the the annual reports and things like that. Uh, if there's no one to, to sue, I mean, I give you an example. Let's look at the Ripple case. Let's say the, the judge, uh, they discover massive fraud and they say, okay, uh, Ripple, you all get sued. Everybody's going to throw in, in, in jail, you know. Uh, 
uh, well, then the coin is still there. It's XRP is still there. People are still building on it. So who's going to be responsible for this uh, regulation, right? So that's uh, that's a big question mark. I don't see how they uh, uh, how they're going to deal with it. Yeah, desecuritization could be one thing, right? Um, yeah, once there's no one to to go after, then uh, then it's by definition, I guess, a commodity. But uh, yeah, we'll have to see how that plays plays out. Wow. This this has been fascinating. There's so many different areas I want to go. We've already been going for 45 minutes. I I, I still got more questions, but one of the things that um that's really excited me has been uh, El Salvador legally making uh, Bitcoin legal tender, right? And there's uh, a couple other countries that, that have those proposals out there. Um, the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, they know likey. They they came down and, and told you know El Salvador that they don't really approve of what they're doing. And Nayib Bukele, who is the uh, the president of El Salvador, was just kind of like, all right, well, you know, watch us. Um, so it seems like there's lots of, you know, adoption at the legal level here, of Bitcoin and like South American countries and some, some lesser countries. Do you have any like insight into um, some of the dynamics that are going on there? And do you think that uh, more third world country, or not, not, I shouldn't call it third world, but, you know, developing countries, are they going to turn to Bitcoin um, as like a legal tender, do you think? Well, I think they're, if it's a success, then, uh, then they will. And I also think, uh, yeah, even if they don't uh, use it as legal tender, I mean, a lot of countries at one point, they will start to use it, right? Especially in terms of remittances. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I definitely see that that movement, that's not going to stop. And uh, yeah, especially those countries, they are, are obviously a bit more uh, uh, technologically behind, but these people are not, uh, yeah, they're not stupid, right? I mean, they, they see the money they pay to, pay, uh, to companies like Western Union. And uh, yeah, if the same can be done with uh, Lightning Network for half a cent or whatever, uh, yeah, obviously they're not going to uh, ignore that for long. Uh, that, that matters a lot to these people. So I do think that that, uh, that movement is going to grow yeah that that's a movement i agree that 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 won't be slowing down it's kind of like the can of worms right you open it up and you can't put put it back or maybe the, maybe that's the pandora's box right once you have pandora's box you can't put pandora back <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh yeah wesley this has been awesome what so we've asked a lot of questions right and mm -hmm. what questions did not we ask <laughs> let me rephrase that what questions didn't we ask that we should have asked well, I guess, uh, yeah, the use case, what we touched on the last section, I guess that's really important. It, it, it has to be understood that regulations can only be enforced through um, financial intermediary, but Bitcoin doesn't need those. And uh, yeah, the more we transact in a legal and just normal way, like people sending money to El Salvador, yeah, the, difficult, the more difficult it becomes to, to really uh, yeah, enforce any of this. Um, so yeah, it is, it is true that if these regulations pass, um, yeah, it's definitely going to affect people who want to do, uh, things that are normally regulated, right? Like issuing ICOs or maybe issuing decentralized finance or things like that. But general transactions, uh, they are, uh, excluded as of now. And, uh, yeah, well, if, if, if a, if Bitcoin is a commodity, they're also not going to be made illegal. Governments are not going to ban uh, the use of crypto. Um, and especially once these kind of legislation passes, they cannot. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, just to play devil's advocate there, I mean, they banned hemp, right? I mean, that's a 
was a commodity. People used hemp to make rope, but then other people used it for drugs or whatever. There's flowers that grow on it. Um, it was competing with cotton. They didn't like that. Exactly. It was just competing yeah. with cotton and lumber and, uh, and uh, all these other commodity industries. So I wouldn't be surprised. And in fact, didn't back in, uh, you know, executive order 19 uh, something or other 1933, but it, it was like uh, uh, Eisenhower made gold illegal uh, holding or ho- yeah. hoarding gold illegal at yeah. one point. Yep. Um, and I think it was because they needed the, the banks needed more gold in their reserves in order to you know issue more money. Um, this was back when we were still in the gold standard so that they could continue to finance the war efforts. They said, everybody send in your gold. And so imagine yeah. this, right? And it was like, if you don't like, and we find it, you're, you're, you're going to prison or whatever. So imagine if, you know, we get into a war or whatever and they say, all right, everybody send in all your gold, all your Bitcoin, all your stocks, whatever we're taking it. We're going to finance this war effort. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's just crazy. Well, considering the U S averages a major war every 20 years, I don't think it's that far-fetched at all to say, well, all the crypto that's on exchanges now is going to be frozen and used to finance this war effort. And we'll pay you back uh, a couple percent interest oh on God. all your crypto yeah. just to keep you happy. Right. You're going to give me nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I don't want this to happen at all. So is there any means to fight back legally, Wesley? Like what? Everyone listening right now is going, oh, my God, what do we do? What do we do? Can we call our senators? Can we can what can we do? Well, the first step, definitely, because it, none of this is, this is law yet. Right. So, uh, yeah, I guess through, through the new, uh, normal lobbying process. Uh, yeah, I guess laws can be amended or, or prevented from being passed. So that would be the first step now to fight something legally at first has to be law. We first need to know what exactly is in, in the in those in those laws. Right. So I guess. Uh, yeah, the, the normal political process. I mean, a lot of it has happened already with this infrastructure bill and a couple of senators were on board, I guess. So, um, yeah, that would be the, the first bet. All right. Well, yeah, everybody just, yeah, don't panic. Everybody remain calm. Uh, these things take a long time to figure themselves out. Um, and yeah. now, you know, crypto is still alive. It's healthy. And, you know, institutional adoption is, is still, you know, kind of coming in like a tidal wave. And, Kind of my closing notes is that just you know regulation is good and getting these sort of you know guidelines around these assets early right right now is you know generally early um it's good because it allows the rails uh for traditional finance and pension funds and uh you know traditional mutual funds and very 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 tightly regulated entities in order to start getting exposure uh to, to bitcoin and to ethereum and to other you know valuable public uh, you know, blockchains that have, you know, cryptocurrencies on them. And so I think as, as we, you know, crypto goes through its, you know, growing pains, that's all this is, is growing pains and contractions, right? Like you're, you're, you're birthing something, you just call it a contraction, right? Well, we also call market corrections a contraction. There's, you know, it's sometimes it expands and, and prices go wild and sometimes it contracts and prices go steady. And so that's kind of the phase in the market we're in. There's lots of uncertainty, right? The you in FUD, fear, uncertainty, doubt. And right now, the markets, above all else, they hate uncertainty, right? And so right now, a lot of uncertainty with regulation. Things are pending, but remain calm, you know, and continue to, to you, know, uh, you know, analyze the space logically and don't freak out. And I think the worst thing that happens is people see some sort of news and there's a FUD article uh, and people just panic sell everything. They're like, well, I'll buy back when the coast is clear. And then they, they end up getting bitter to the entire space because, you know, 
crypto lives and crypto goes on. And you know, six months later, crypto is higher. And you're like, well, didn't you tell me that Tether was going to you know, implode the industry and China was going to bring down the industry? And they, they're looking at, well, Jim Cramer said this and that. And it's like, well, you know, just don't panic and just remain calm because at the end of the day, uh, you know, crypto is a hydra, right? You cut off one head, it's going to grow seven heads in its place. It's, it's, it's quite unstoppable. Um, and these, these, it's code that lives on, you know, computers all around the world. So it's hard to shut down. Um, but a Hydra anyhow. is a great uh, example of Jim Cramer. You just can't get him to leave your life, no matter how much you try to untarget your ads. But <laughs> God, don't take advice from that guy. Uh, Wesley, before we let you get out of here and get on with your day, I just want to say thank you so much. Do you have any closing notes or thoughts that you want to leave us with? Is there a better alternative or some new ideas out there that you've heard that might uh, be some merit for us to study? Um, well, I just wanted, wanted to, uh, to continue what Bryce said mostly. Um, yeah, this, this, this uh, technology is distributed around the world. Uh, there's, gonna, there's a block every 10 minutes. Uh, it, this is not going to stop. We will be able to use it. It, it, it is not po- uh, impossible to, to, to download a wallet. So a lot of what we like about crypto uh, will remain. And uh, yeah, in addition, yeah, the, the institutional adoption which could be possible with, by, with regulation could, uh, could be very uh, good for the price as well. Um, yeah, and as well, do look at the laws that are coming down the line and uh, yeah, analyze your own uh, things that you do online uh, with that. Um, because they're going to matter and some pro- projects are, are likely going to be uh, to suffer from it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, this has been truly enlightening, uh, Wesley. We hope to have you back on the show again to, to talk about regulation as things kind of come out um, and, and you'll be our guy. We really appreciate it and uh, we'll stay in touch. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, guys. Thank you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.